you have a if you have a copy of God's word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six, verses 13 through 20. Will be our focus this morning. The topic we'll be speaking on is an anchor for the soul. An anchor for the soul. In our outline, we have three points in our outline. Our first point uh, is that we're going to look at the promise and oath of God in verses 13 through 17. In verse, as you are, I'm going to change it up a little bit. We'll be looking at verses 13 through 16 for God's promise and oath. That's in point number one. Point number two is God's character. We'll see that in verses 17 through 18. And then we'll see that we have an anchor of the soul. We'll see that in, in verses 19 through 20. Let's give heed to, to God's word. This is God's word for us to build us up in our faith. Hear God's word here this morning. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained a promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the, to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, it is impossible, impossible for God to lie. Who, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This is God's word. Let us set our hearts and prepare our hearts for God's word here this morning. Life in this fallen world is hard. No doubt I need to remind you of this. Life is hard. We uh, often experience things that that just come out of out of out of out of out into our lives and and they come in unexpected things like sickness cancer loss of a loved one and this is why our Wednesday night class is is important talking about aging old age because uh life life is is it, it is tough it, it is hard you can you can pray and ask for relief and help you can pray that God would change the circumstances, but sometime in the provision of God, he doesn't. And this makes it even more difficult, not just knowing that life is, is, is hard in a fallen world, but there are times when God, he, he, he withholds the answers to prayers that we seek 
or he may give us something else that he knows is best for us. But but life is hard. And and, and when you think that that life is is, is is it can't get any worse, oftentimes it does. But when we face these uncertainties, and this is what the, the book of Hebrews is about, is about facing the uncertainties of life. How do we do that? How do we face the uncertainties of life? We, we face it. We face it with, with the encouragement from the word of God in our hearts. We, we face it with what God has promised for us in Christ. We face it knowing and understanding the examples that we have in Scripture of those. And we'll be talking about Abraham here today. How Abraham and Abraham wasn't perfect. We know that Abraham, he struggled. He had challenges that he faced. And yet, as, as Pastor Mark said, we, we on one hand, we can doubt. On, on the other hand, we can believe. And there's always this struggle going on in our life. We know what God says. We know what he says. We know his word. We, we, we can, we've memorized it. It's in our hearts. But when trials and, and troubles come, it makes it even, uh, even harder at times. Our hearts that is quickly, that is, that is quickly stirred by troubles. But we have an anchor. We need an anchor. We have an anchor. We need an anchor. We need to be right, reminded that we have an anchor for our soul. Uh, uh, anchor that that goes behind the veil. What what is a, a anchor? You think about an anchor. An anchor is a is 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 that which holds a boat steady as the 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 storm waves crash and 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 shakes the boat uh, from from left to right, up and down. The anchor holds a, a boat steadfast. It keeps it from shifting. And, and and God's word is that to us as well, beloved. God's word that 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 uh, points to Jesus Christ. It, it is an anchor, an anchor of the soul, an anchor for all that we are, our emotions, our our, our thoughts, our attitudes, uh, all that we are, that all that makes up who we are. Christ is that anchor that holds us steadfast and keeps us from going into pearl. Thank you, God, for Christ. Christ, who is a refuge. He is our refuge. When the, when the storm gets tough, we can, we can go to Christ and, and, and we can look to him for refuge. This is, this is God's promise to us. God's promise to us is that in Christ, we have everything that we need. We have everything that we, we need to, to live. Uh, second Peter. Uh, chapter one, verse three says, had uh, his divine, divine power talking about God has granted to us. This is one of the most precious verses in the Bible to me. His divine power has granted to us. Who is us? Us who are believers. This, this is in, this is the promise of God in Scripture. His divine power, God's power that overcomes all obstacles. That divine power has granted to us. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By which he has 
By what? By by these promises that, that we have. He says, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them, you and I, beloved who are believers, may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. We have hope. We have hope. But we must make sure that our focus is in the right place. Our focus must be in the right place. In Hebrews 6, as, as the writer has been warning uh, these Christians, these Jewish Christians, uh, of their dullness of, of hearing, their lazy ears. Uh, he, he has warned them to move beyond the basics, the, the basics of the, of the Christian faith. To, to move beyond the, the, the uh, uh, drinking uh, of milk and, and to grow in, in spiritual maturity. And he warned them if they did not grow, if they did not move on, if they did not grow in the Christian life, that there was a danger that they may not be true believers and that they may one day fall away from Jesus Christ. But 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 the, the writer uh, for, for the majority of those who are in this church, the, the writer, he has hope that 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 there are those who are true believers and that these Christians will will press forward and that they will have the, the same diligence that we will read about in Abraham. They will imitate his faith and patience and inherit the promises that God has promised in Christ Jesus. They, he, he hopes that and, and, and desires that they have a settled confidence and hope in Jesus Christ. A settled, a settled confidence. Doesn't mean life will get easier, but a settled confidence in, in, in Christ and in who he is. And so setting an example for us, the, the, the author, he, he looks to, to really one of the greatest examples of one who models faith and, and endurance and, and one who inherited the, the promises of God. Look, look, at, look at verse 13, and we'll see here God's promise and, and oath in, in the following verses. Notice that, that verse 13 starts with four, and, and four uh, connects uh, what, 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 what is getting ready to be said what, with, uh, with that that has just been said in verses 11 and 12. And the writer says this, he says, and, and we desire each one of you to show the, the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope. And to the end, remember that these believers was they 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 uh, they had love and uh, uh, for 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 one another. And and and, and they were in, in a sense, you, you could see that there was fruits of, of, of salvation at work in their lives. And, and, and the writer is saying the same earnestness you show in, in persevering and, and in loving one another, that 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 work that you you uh, work in, in faith, uh, that that same love that you show for for uh, for God's name in, in serving others have the, the same earnestness in, in that. Uh, that you have in that area of your life, show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end. And, and, and the purpose for this in verse 12, so that you may not become sluggish. And his desire is that they become imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. That's, this is, the four grabs that and brings it forward to our passage here today. 
And, and, and so as, as we look at Abraham, what will we see about Abraham? We'll see that Abraham trusted God in perhaps one of the most difficult circumstances that God could ask one to trust him in. And, 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 and pointing to Abraham, God is saying to us, we must do the same. Regardless of how difficult life gets, we must imitate people like Moses who stood firm, I mean, Abraham who stood firm, people like Job who, who, who at times they, they wavered, but they, they stood firm on the promise of God and on the character and nature of God. So he says that the writer says, for when God and, and God is the focus. Let, let me say that up front. God is the focus of this passage, even though the writer is pointing to Abraham. He's pointing to the God of Abraham. When God made a promise to Abraham. God, God, we're familiar starting back all the way back in, in Genesis 12. When 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 God called Abraham. He, he called Abraham. Abraham was a pagan. He, we're talking about God's promise to Abraham. Abraham did not deserve the promise that God made to him. Abraham was a pagan. His family was, was pagans. And, 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 and God, he, he reiterates this promise over and over again, all the way to, to, to Genesis chapter 22. This is where this passage picks up. God made, made a promise. He reiterates, he reaffirms the promise all the way until Genesis chapter 22. And, and he makes this promise to Abraham to, 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 uh, and to, to, to help us to understand the certainty of this promise God made, made an oath to, to, to Abraham. He, he the promise to bless him and multiply him and to to give him uh, uh, this 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 land. Uh, God uh, confirmed this promise with an oath. And, and 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 again, the focus is on God and his activity to Abraham. And, and, and what is a promise? When we think about a promise, what is a promise? I think Joel Beakey defined it perfectly. He said that we're talking about this promise that God made to Abraham. He says a divine promise declares God's goodwill and purpose and intention towards sinners. It reveals what the Lord will do on our behalf, not what he hopes to do. That's what a that's what a promise when we're talking about the promise of God. it, It reveals to us what what God will do, not what he hopes to do. Or will attempt to perform, uh, Joel says. He says, but when he has already committed and bound himself uh, to, to accomplish for us. This is what we're talking about. When we're talking about a promise, uh, a commitment by God. It, it is something that God has has bound up in himself for us. And so the writer reminds us here that the, the promise was made to, to Abraham. Uh, and 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 specifically, it, it, this refers to Genesis uh, chapter twenty-two. Turn, turn on Genesis chapter twenty-two to remind us, to remind our hearts of just what this looked like. Genesis chapter twenty-two. 
And I'm going to read a couple of verses here. God had made this promise that Abraham would be uh, the father of many nations. God changed, remember God changed Abraham's name to, to the, his name means father of many nations and he didn't have any kids. You know, God is, he, he makes this promise to Abraham. He calls Abraham, you know, when he calls him in Genesis 12 to, 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 to leave uh, his homeland and he and he was calling Abraham to uh, Abram at the time to to uh, to uncertainty. He lived in tents. His family was was rich. He, he was his family was a was a wealthy family. And, and God called him and and, and uh, for him and and and, and his family to, to leave Ur or the Chaldeans and, and to go into uh, and, and to live life as a no man. They pinched tents and they lived like that. God called him to that. And, and it, you, you think that, you know, you look at Abraham's life and it said, man, he had a, man, it was a challenge up to, till the promise of Isaac. Remember, uh, uh, it, it, uh, he received the, the, uh, Isaac, uh, at, at age 100. Uh, you know, uh, when when the, it was impossible, just think about, it. you know, Abraham and, 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 and Sarah at, at old age where it's impossible to have a child. They have a child. And it seems like God has, you know, God is blessing Abraham. There's no more challenge. There comes one more. Abraham. Isaac is a, he's a, he's some say he's a teenager. Maybe he's in his, you know, uh, eight, nine or 10, somewhere around there. Young Isaac running around. Abraham heart is rejoicing that, that, that God has blessed him, uh, and, and Sarah with, with Isaac. And here it is. God says, you take your son. Let's, let's look at the text. Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. And we're talking about the, the son of promise, whom you love. And, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham, Abraham is, a, is a man of faith, even though he he struggled at time, he is a man of faith. And so Abraham rose. Look at what God is has commanded him to do. Abraham did it without question. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. He's obedient. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to the young man, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship. And notice what he says. And come again. There's something about God that Abraham believes to be true, even in the midst of what God is calling him to do. We're going to go over there and worship and come back to you again. And and uh, and and Abraham took the wood, a burnt offering, and laid it on his son. And he took his hand 
the fire and the knife. And one writer note that Abraham put on Isaac that which would be the means of his death, but he kept back that which would harm him. He kept back the, the fire and the knife. He didn't give that to Isaac. So when so they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to, to his father, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. I, Abraham, in a sense, is looking forward to Jesus Christ. He, 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 he. He, he knows something that, that God will provide a lamb for himself one day. God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they, so they went, both of them together. When they came to the place of which God told him, see that, that that's repeated over and over. We're talking about what God told him is emphasizing the fact that Abraham is obeying God's command. Abraham uh, built the altar, and there he laid the wood in order uh, to be uh, in order uh, in order and bound his his own son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. This this is a true story. This this is this is not a, a allegory in scripture. This is a true story. Abraham took his own child Isaac and laid him, get ready to sacrifice him. Because this is what God commanded. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. You're talking about faith. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. See, there is something about hearing. There's something about doing as well. It's, it's, it's one thing for us to hear what God commands, but it's another thing for us to do what God commands. That's what God requires. It's not enough for us to know what God has commanded us. It's, it's, it's more to do what he commands. And you said to him, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know you, that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. In Abraham's mind, it was a done deal. This this was a done deal. Isaac being offered up was a was a done deal. And they said Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And and notice in, in the next verse, verse 14. There is something about the character of God that Abraham did not know before, but now he knows. It. He had to go through this tough circumstance 
and, and in order for him to know something about God that he didn't know before. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is, this is, I believe, the first time that we hear of the Lord being called the Lord is the one who provides. And, and, and it is Abraham to the one is the one to whom God has, has revealed this truth about himself too. And so Abraham passed the test, beloved. He, he passed the, 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 the this, this tough test, the, this test of faith. He, he passed it. He passed it. And, and, and you say, you know, what, what is significant about the, 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 the promise that, that, that God gave to Abraham? And, and uh, even after this, after this test, the writer shows that Abraham's assurance that the ground and the basis of the assurance and hope that he had was God. Look, go back to Hebrews, Hebrews uh, chapter six, verse 13. It says, since, talking about God, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. There's no one greater than God. And so God swore by himself. And, and the significance of the fact that, that God swore by himself reveals to us that 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 life is, is is hard for us sometimes to trust God and believe in the truth. Ab- Abraham struggles. So again, God didn't have to 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 promise and to affirm that promise with an oath, but He did. He He did it to encourage Abraham to to continue in in the faith. So He God swore by Himself. And, and and here in the text it says that it, God swore that this is an oath and this oath this the basis for this oath is God because God God is is God and He can't swear by anyone greater than Himself. There's no one greater than God, so God swore by Himself. There's there's no one greater in heaven and earth than God. So so God swore by Himself and and the fact that that He swore by Himself, God is when He swore by Himself. Uh, to, to Abraham, he reaffirmed the promise to Abraham. He he binds himself all that he is to this promise. He he binds himself to this promise to Abraham. And the writer of Hebrews says, when God made a promise to Abraham, saying, verse 14, surely I will bless you. Some say that uh, and, and multiply you. Some say that uh, this, this, is, this is saying that in blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. This, this is God uh, re- reaffirming. He reaffirmed the, the promise to Abraham after he offered up Isaac. In verse 15, it says, And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Abraham proved to be faithful by willingly offering up his son for whom he had waited for so long. He, 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 he not only did, did he 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 waited for his son? He waited twenty five years for for Isaac to be born, and then he received this command from God to offer up Isaac, and he waited again. He he was willing to offer up of Isaac, knowing something, and we'll we'll get ready to talk about this that was true about about God. 
God said, surely I will bless you and multiply you. Verse 15, and thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Abraham uh, was willing to sacrifice his son. And, and, and it was this, this willingness was based upon what God has promised. And turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19. What is it that Abraham has had uh, believed about God? And go to verse 17, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, talking about Abraham, and he who had received a promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God, this, this, is, this is, as he offering, as he was offering up Isaac, this is what was in Abraham's mind. Verse 19, he considered that God was, was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, frequently speaking, he did receive him back. Abraham's faith was such that even if he went through with the, the offering of Isaac on, on the altar, he knew that, that God would, would, would keep his promise to, to bless him through Isaac. And in order for, for God, in order for, for he understood, and in order for, for God to, to bless him, the blessing that will come later on in the future, I, he, he, God will have to raise Isaac from the dead. And that's, it, he had that kind of faith. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. And this is the kind of faith that God is, is calling for us to, to demonstrate in a sense that not that we have to offer up our children, but that we need to believe in, in, in God's son, Jesus Christ. To the point that that we'll willingly lay down our lives for Jesus Christ. Romans chapter four, verse 13, starting at verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he should be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is, uh, for if it is the inheritance of the law, who are to be heirs, uh, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends upon faith. He's talking about that uh, we don't uh, obtain salvation through keeping the law. We obtain salvation and justification through faith. In Jesus Christ, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be granted to all his offspring, not only to the inheritance of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist in hope talking about Abraham in hope he believed against hope when 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 there seemed to be no hope Abraham believed in hope 
that he should become the father of many nations, even as he was offering up his son Isaac. He he had hope that he will become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. Notice what verse 19 said. He was not weakened in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. So uh, when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And this is what God is is calling for us to imitate of Abraham, to be fully convinced that what God has promised, what particularly what he has promised in Christ, he will bring it about. Notice in verse 16, he says, for people swear by something greater than themselves and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. When we swear, when we make an oath, when we go to the, to the courthouse you're, and, and, and you're on jury duty, you raise your hand, what do they make you swear by? The Bible. Not by yourself. You don't go there and uh, I swear in my name. You swear by the Bible because they consider the Bible to be to be greater uh, than than we are as individuals. And in ancient Judaism, the person who who uh, was making a promise, typically they made a promise based on something or someone greater or someone more reliable than than himself. And, and so it says for people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, and when a when an oath is made, it is final. It is it is final for confirmation. But notice something about God's character that the, the writer reveals. He says, verse seventeen. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, this is this is where we come into the picture uh, with Abraham. We we are heirs of the the promise uh, that Abraham received and and notice here it says god desired this this is a this is a strong desire this is a this is a sovereign resolve uh this is a a sovereign resolve this is a firm desire uh and will that 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 god desires to show us notice he says that that in his promise to show more convincingly to the heirs of promise. God sovereignly resolved to, to show us something through what, Ab- what he did through Abraham. To, to all of those who are by faith children of Abraham, God did what he did through the life of Abraham to, to, to show us not just convincingly, but more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, notice what, he, what God desired to show us, the unchangeable character of his purpose. <laughs> the, 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 the writer, he, what, he, what he is doing, he's bringing this illustration about uh, Abraham from biblical history into our own lives in order that we might understand the faithfulness of God to his word. 
And can I tell you, God has not changed. <laughs> the same God that was the God of Abraham that kept his promise to Abraham is the same God to us today who are in Christ Jesus. And, and notice what, what he said. He says that God desired to show us, to, to, to show us that, that he will not change. <laughs> God, God wants us to see that his that his purposes are not able to 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 be removed, that his purposes are unchangeable, that they're immutable, that they that they always remain the same. When God purposed to do something, that that is what it is, and that would that is what it will always be. The the unchangeable character of his purpose. And he, the writer says, and he guaranteed it with an oath. This 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 oath is 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 compared because God didn't have to follow up with an oath because God doesn't lie. When God made a promise and He followed that promise with an oath, and 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 beloved, you say, why did God? If God is if God knows that He's going to keep His promise, why does He make an oath for, uh, to to confirm the promise? Because that is compassion. Because God is is a compassionate God. He 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 knew that that uh, Abraham would doubt. He know that we we reading about Abraham that that we would that we would doubt. We tend to doubt him. And so this is a, a God's oath is a is an act of His compassionate grace to us. One writer noted this. He says, "And an oath is only necessary when the fulfillment is so removed, uh, so remote as to make it possible." that doubts uh, might spring up in the mind of the re receiver of the promise from the long delay. In other words, the, the, the oath is necessary because oftentimes as we wait on the promises of God, those promises does not immediately come, uh, come to, uh, does not immediately uh, become true in our lives. We're, we're uh, in, in Christ, uh, we we have life and life more abundantly. But have we experienced that fully on this side of heaven? No. We, we still deal with struggles in, 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 in our and in not just uh in, in our mind and our hearts, but in our bodies. We we're challenged and, and, and as we wait for the Lord to return, as we wait for the, the part parting of the of the sky for, for Christ to come. At the, the the sound of the of the archangel, as, as as we're waiting for that, that that may come in your lifetime, it may come in our children's lifetime, it may come in their children's life. We don't know when it's going. It's going. It may be a long time. So 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 this this oath that that God guaranteed uh, the promise with it, it helps us to see that 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 God is 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 uh, is double affirming what he says because he knows we, we're going to struggle and we're going to doubt his truthfulness and so God goes above and beyond in this example of, of Abraham he goes above and beyond for us for, for our blessing verse 18 so that by two unchangeable things and what is these two unchangeable things God's promise and his own in which it is impossible for God to lie. The promises of God are, are tied to who God is, that he is a God of truth, that he is truth. 
And God doesn't, he, 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 he puts his, who he is behind his promises. In Numbers 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good? First Samuel chapter 15, verse 29, it says, the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent. He won't change his mind. He is not man that he should relent. In James 1 and 7, uh, James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God, 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 it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. If God makes a promise, it's impossible for God to change his promise and, and so because of this our assurance is, is 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 connected directly connected to what we believe about God's nature what we believe about God will be seen in our trust of him he is trustworthy he, he does not lie he does not change his mind and so the author goes on. He says, we we who have fled for refuge. This is <laughs> talking about those who have come to Christ. We've we fled in a sense. We have fled from the kingdom of darkness. We've 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 turned away from from the kingdom of this world. And, and we fled for refuge in Christ. He says, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement, not just encouragement, but strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. God's promise and his, and his oath is, is, it shows that he is reliable. And this is, this is strong encouragement for us, for, for us who have come to Christ based on the promise that those who come to Christ will be saved. We, we, we have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that one day we will experience full salvation. Strong encouragement. Why? Because of what we learn about God in the life of Abraham. You see, beloved, you got to be a person of the Old Testament and a person of the New Testament. If you're going to be strong in the Christian faith. And so he says, he says, might have strong encouragement. That's what God desires for us to have strong encouragement. To, to hold fast means to, to, to cling to, <laughs> to, to lay hold of and cling to Christ. He, 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 we have a living hope in Christ. Hold fast to the hope that is set before us. The, the, the hope in, in Christ and, and, and Christ and all that he has done as the forerunner of our faith. We're to continue in confidence in him. Even when we don't feel like it. When, 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 even when it don't seem like Christ is, is saving, when it don't seem like Christ is returning. Hold on to Christ. Hold on to the hope that we have in Christ. As trials come, sickness come, 
weakness and temptations. Hold on. As I read this, I'm thinking about you, sovereign grace. I'm thinking about you. There are many people who are struggling. In one way or another in this congregation, whether you've told me and whether you have it, I know that you're struggling. And God's word is given to us to reassure that no matter how tough life gets, you have hope. It is a living hope in Christ. The writer says here, he says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. The, the promises and, and what we learn, the truth about, about God and the truth about that he is a, a covenant keeping God, the truth about, about the fact that God does not change. This is a, a sure and steadfast anchor for your soul, because if this is true about Abraham and Abraham's life, it is true and what God has done through Jesus Christ. And this anchor is not just any anchor. He says it's an anchor. Notice what he said. It's an anchor of the soul. <laughs> God understands that, that we, uh, as we live life in this body, this, this, this soul is, is, is really could point to uh, your uh, life, your life as a whole, all that you are. This, this, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And, 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 and notice the, the purpose is, 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 is uh, of, 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 of what the writer is revealing to us about, about God and in Christ is that it's an anchor. It, it uh, an anchor that keeps us from drifting from Christ. When, when you hold on to hope, to the hope that you have in Christ, when you hold, when you cling to it, you won't drift. When you awaken in the morning and you rehearse the promises of God in regards to the hope that you have in Christ, that hope is an anchor. It, it, it holds you steadfast when the troubles of life is crashing in on the boat of your life. That that hope is, is an anchor. And, you, and the, as the waves crash in, pieces of your life may be falling apart. But if your hope, if, if your, your faith is anchored in the hope, you will prove to be steadfast in the end. And, and this hope is Christ. The writer says a hope that enters into the, the, the inner place. Behind the curtain. Which in, enters. The, the presence of, of behind the veil. The hope that we have goes, it, it's, it goes beyond earth, beyond the skies, into heaven. It, 
that's where that's where our hope resides. It 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 it, it, it goes and this 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 hope and again is Christ who has prepared the way for us into the heavenly sanctuary, into the presence of God. And this is why Jesus and and the truth about the fact of, of him being our great high priest is so important. And we shouldn't sleep on this truth. And the writer says, where Jesus have gone as a forerunner in verse 20 on our behalf, having become a, a, a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now he's going to pick up the discussion about Jesus Christ as our high priest. But he had to get something straight first. He had to understand, help us to understand the, the assurance uh, of our hope that we that we have in Christ. And so as I close, Abraham was a, he was an anchored man. He was anchored in God and who God is and what God has promised. And we're to be anchored men and women, anchored in God, anchored in Christ. Because God is trustworthy. And, 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 and can I tell you, God would not let you fail. Let us pray. Father, we are often closed people where we close ourselves off to others not wanting others to see what is truly going on in our hearts. But that's why you have given us this passage in Hebrews to show us that that you understand. That you understand when we feel like giving up. When the pain is so tough. When the suffering is so real. When uncertainty surrounds our life. Abraham helps us to understand that you understand. That you understand your people who have a tendency to doubt, who has a tendency to look to other things as a source of our strength. Christ who has come into the world. He can sympathize with us. 
and in sympathizing with us, he can encourage us to press on because he knows how tough life is in this world. He knows what it what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to not be understood. He knows what it's like to lose a loved one. He, uh, Lazarus and how he wept over Lazarus. He, he understands. And because he understands the grace that is necessary for us to to continue on in this life with joy and peace is available to us and, and the one who, who, who became like us. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful that he is our hope in this world that is dark and filled with lost people who reject you and hate you. Father, I thank you for Christ. And I pray for this church. I pray for all who are experiencing difficulties in this life. For you promised us that you didn't promise we wouldn't experience difficulties, but you did promise you would give the grace necessary for us to to continue to run the race. And I pray that you would do this for your people, that they will have the grace to continue to live for you, to, to come out of the shadows and live for you in a way that is bold, in a way that shows the sure confidence that they have in you. And I pray as I'm away this, this upcoming week that you watch over this church, that you would keep your people, that you watch over my family, And so that when we come together, as you will, we can rejoice again in you and worship you. For the sake of Christ, I pray. Amen.